Vedant, and welcome to season five of my podcast. Today, my guest is Yon, the founder and chairman of the Privé Group in Singapore. He is the recipient of the Spirit of Enterprise Award and is a member of Young Presidents Organization and of EHL Singapore Advisory Board. EHL is one of the world's best hospitality schools based in Switzerland. Hi, Yon. Welcome to my show. Hi, Vedans. I'm very happy uh, that you invited me. Thank you. Yes, the food in Privé is the best. I love it. Thank you for your support. Yeah, I'm quite excited. So, Yon, I read that you are, you are trained as a chartered accountant. I'm curious to know, how did you transition to being a top-class chef and a restauranter? Uh, Vedant, I wouldn't consider myself a chef, much less a top-class chef. Uh, you know, I was in the finance industry for about 10 years, uh, well, over 10 years. And uh, I've always very, been very interested in um, restaurants and in food and in cooking. Um, and I think towards the later years of my, when I was in the finance industry, I was just thinking more and more about food, about transitioning, thinking about becoming a chef. Um, and Eventually, uh, well, I mean, to cut a long story short, I decided to make that plunge and to pursue my dreams uh, of being in F&B. And so I left the finance industry to start something in the F&B, a food and beverage industry. Wow, that must have been a big transition. Oh uh, Yeah, it was very big. It was quite a big transition at that time because not many people, at least in Singapore, have done it. So you don't really have... Um, examples to follow or to give you that safety net or you know at least you know someone's done it before um, but I, I I think I took a step back and, and looked at um, the big picture of life and I wasn't getting any younger I was in my 30s at the time uh, and I decided that if I didn't do it then uh, you know I would eventually come to regret it or be too old to do it eventually so yeah I mean proven the right decision yeah, and guess what? Now you own one of the best restaurants I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> That's very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. How was your experience cooking for the former Prime Minister, Gautrok Chong? I suppose it was like any other job. I mean, you always try to do your best. But, you know, knowing that he, he was Singapore's Prime Minister and still a very important person at that time, right? And I'm sure he still is. Uh of course, there was a little bit of pressure, but it was also an honor to do that. So I was very proud to have done so. And he was very nice about it. He was very complimentary and a, and a very, very pleasant person. What was his favorite dish that you cooked? Oh, it's so long ago, I can't quite remember it already. I think I did something like a gazpacho. Um, I mean, in those days, you know, typically the main course would be something that was seafood or meat-based. Uh, and I, I can't say I remember everything that, that I cooked then. I'm sure you would have been pretty good. Like, very good. Thank you. Um, well, I believe that I cooked some very nice dishes. Uh, but that time I was quite adventurous. I was doing, a, a, I started off uh, doing chef for hire services. And I, I cooked on the fly. I mean, there were some things that I was trying new for probably for the very first time with the customers. 
uh, possibly not the best idea, but I, I was confident then. Um, people were nice, but there were definitely dishes that looking back, I felt were, were not quite up to standard. But most of it was good, I, I, I truly believe. How did the Privé group come about? Well, um, eventually after Chef for Hire, I started a, a, a cafe bistro, or you call it a small restaurant in a neighborhood place called Brown Sugar. And within a year, uh, I actually opened the first Privé outlet in Keppel Bay. Right, and that was actually meant to be more of a, a bar and fine dining restaurant with a cafe being an afterthought, and it was really after uh, lots of ups and downs, trying to grow, um, opening other brands and locations, um, before we finally settled down and opened our second privé. Uh, I would say approximately five years after the first privé opened. And uh, that was also doing very well. And eventually, uh, we started opening more outlets. And some, at some point um, during that initial journey, uh, the Privé Group was formed, um, at least as far as the name goes. Um, but otherwise, you can see the origins, or you can say that the origins of Privé Group uh, started probably with um, Brown Sugar, uh, if not with the first Privé outlet. What does the name Privé mean? It means private in uh, French. Um, I think the very first one in Keppel Bay, our first outlet was on a private island. And because of the concept, was the concept was meant to be a bit more exclusive, uh, contemporary and, and private in nature. Um, the name was quite appropriate. Uh, and of course, now we, we, we kind of grew into the name, even though, you know, at first glance, it doesn't seem entirely appropriate for what we represent now. What is your favorite Privé outlet? Oh, okay, that's that's quite a lot. I mean, I'm attached to the Capel Bay one because it's, it's it's our first, and also when I'm there uh, working, it's it's a beautiful place and it's doing really well. Um, but there are quite a lot, and the, the the very latest one is in Botanic Gardens, and it's where I spent a large part of my life and childhood, and actually a all my life in Singapore, I mean, I went overseas for about 11 years, but otherwise in Singapore, Botanic Gardens was very much part of my life. I've always generally lived very close to it, uh, even now, and I go there very regularly. So that's that's kind of my, uh, well, I mean, there are quite a few. Tiong Bahru, place that I grew up with as well, going to the market and still used to shop there uh, up until recently. Um, I mean, just to name a few. There's, there's quite a few more. Uh, I, I can't say, yeah, I'll be going on forever if I try to name all the outlets. <laughs> yeah. I really like the Botanic Gardens one. In fact, I went to Botanic Gardens this morning. Okay, thank you. Um, your dad sends me photos every now and then, so it's nice to see you guys enjoying it. Yeah. I hope it's not too hectic then. The guys served you well. Yeah, it's really nice. Like, just the looking at the nature while you have a croissant it's really nice yeah very close to nature and and you see the um the jungle fowl uh there all the time and um we do get visits by the monitor lizard um sometimes right it it, it does terrify some of the customers but um, national parks is working with us to make sure the, the hungry monitor lizard doesn't come by too often <laughs> Yeah, I would be quite surprised if I saw a monitor lizard and quite happy. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a sight because they they can get quite large. Prevy has so many good plant-based options. Are you the inspiration behind these? I'm kind of the one who spearheaded, I would say, the the push for for more plant-based dishes within Prevé. Um, I would say before I was vegetarian or vegan, I kind of recognized that there was a a, a demand or for this because the, the the vegan vegetarian market was underserved. Um, but I also had these inclinations. I wasn't vegan at the time, and I had these inclinations towards a, I don't know a more compassionate lifestyle, having found out a lot more. But it did take me quite a while uh, to change my own um, habits. Um, and I think the huge trigger, because we had already started serving vegan vegetarian food, but the huge um, sort of turning point was when I personally became vegan. Um, and being someone who cooks as well, uh, at home anyway, um, I started trying to find ways to cook delicious vegan food and all these ideas just came by reading cookbooks, reading, uh, looking at YouTube and, um, and internet and all that. Uh, and a lot of ideas. And of course, there's all these wonderful ideas of, um, veganizing traditional sort of comfort food, uh, and and then realizing, of course, that most places in Singapore don't serve vegans very well, at least not in a mixed setting. I mean, there are vegan vegetarian joints that do that. But in places that serve both, um, you know, people who eat meat, seafood and people who are vegans or vegetarians, there's very few that serve both sides well. And I kind of wanted to do that a lot more. I think there was another thing. It was that um, whilst I personally changed my lifestyle and diet, um, it still had bothered me at that time that um, Privé, the Privé outlets or the Privé group um, was using a lot of animal products and you know what could I do uh, do I want to get out of it do I want to can I afford or to take the risk to change the whole group I think eventually I settled down on what's sort of what's pragmatically a better way um, what can effect change more right I mean, I could look at serving the vegan vegetarian community, uh, which I want to, um, or I could look for ways to make, to, to effect less animal suffering. And I think really the, the best way to do that is, is uh, twofold, perhaps. One is um, making plant-based food enticing and delicious to um, everybody, not just vegans and vegetarians. Uh, and in doing so, also making that plant-based lifestyle a lot more exciting. Uh, at least, you know, people have a window into what it may feel like and that the food is actually not that bad or that it could be absolutely delicious. Um, and then the other way is also um, by trying to make um, make it easier for people who choose that uh, plant-based lifestyle to have places to eat. Uh, I mean, it's great to to play a part in this. And I also try, of course, to encourage other restaurants to do the same. It must have been very hard turning from meat eating to vegetarian because I've interviewed loads of other people and they always say it's really like hard to change from being a meat eater to being vegetarian or vegan. Yeah, well, actually there are two parts to it, right? I mean, uh, there are some people who are really fortunate. Um, they watch a, um, a video like... Uh, well, I mean, one of those um, um, movies, documentaries, um, and they get so appalled they can change overnight. 
you know, and, and that happens to some people. That's very fortunate. Uh, but for me, it was hard. And, and you're right. Uh, I would say the hard part is making that decision to change, um, but not actually uh, being vegan. You know, once the decision has been made, it, it was actually extremely easy. Um, and, and the hard part really was just because we are so attached to how we always do things, our usual lifestyle, um, the deliciousness of, you know, whatever we used to grow up eating. And, you know, in Singapore, we're all sort of self-confessed foodies uh, and, and all sorts of foods so important to us. And for most people, um, the diet tends to be very meat and seafood-centric, right? I mean, myself included. So having to feel like you're going to be giving up all those things uh, was felt like a quite a difficult decision. Um, but, you know, I think the way I see it now really is uh, actually I... I didn't give up anything. I gained so much more out of it, right? I mean, not just in terms of what I can eat because I'm exposed to the whole world of plants uh, now and there's so much to eat. Um, but also, I, I don't know, a renewed sense of vigor for life, a uh, sense of purpose. Um, and of course, uh, I think also a sense of security that um, I'm a lot healthier because of what I eat now. Um, and I no longer have to worry about cancer or some of these chronic diseases that I used to worry about because some of some of these stuff like heart disease and cancer um, has occurred in my family and you could say there's some genetic um, um, disposition towards some of these uh, lifestyle diseases within my family at least. But you have vegan versions of all these dishes like chicken rice and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, I used to love chicken rice a lot. So a lot of the stuff I, I did was also as a result of some of my personal preferences and needing uh, some food to eat when I'm in the, uh, the Privé outlet. Um, but also it's things like that that capture people's attention and people are already familiar with what the dish is, is supposed to be. And so there is a certain curiosity by many people, uh, you know, non-vegan, non-vegetarians, uh, people who eat regular chicken rice, they want to see what it's all about. And, and so that's what I, I really like to do. I like to encourage people to try out the vegan food, you know, instead of being terrified about them. Um, and in some of our dishes, we make it sort of, um, we make it in a way similar to what they would normally eat anyway. Uh, for instance, we used to have a spaghetti bolognese. When Impossible came out, um, we just changed that dish, the spaghetti bolognese dish to um uh, impossible meatball bolognese. I can't remember exactly what we how we name it in the menu, but when you eat it, it's essentially the same or uh, it fulfills the same need. And, and it's one of our most popular dishes. I absolutely love the vegan carrot cake and croissants there. Was it hard to veganize these? Carrot cake was probably one of the easiest, uh, getting the texture. I mean, nothing's really hard when you put your mind to it, honestly. Um, but I would say the carrot cake was not too bad. I mean, we, we managed to get it, you know, it feels fluffy and all that. It's got the right taste. And um, most people now forget that it's actually a, a vegan dish. You know, my my parents-in-law who, who, who don't really want to eat anything that's vegan. And if they, I mean, just last weekend when they were at Privé Botanic Gardens, um, they wanted to take away some cakes. And I was very happy to see that they actually picked the uh, carrot cake and the red velvet cake both of which, of which are plant-based. Yeah, I absolutely love the carrot cake, like I said. 
And what about the croissants? What they had? Well, the croissants are not made by us. Um, it's made by uh, an artisanal bread maker. Um, and they made it for us for the first time. So generally, I do work with our suppliers, like on our ice cream, um, to uh, get plant-based versions of dishes that we don't make ourselves. Um, and the croissant is one of them. Because making croissants is hard. Making a good croissant is really hard, right? Yeah. Um, but in this case, these guys were good. So they were able to make, and I, I dare say, I think the vegan version is better than the butter-based one. I don't remember having the butter-based one, so yeah. Okay, I've never had it, but uh, I used to have croissants and I used to enjoy them, uh, you know, and in, in Paris and, of course, in various places in Singapore. Do you plan to make everything at the Purvey Group vegan at some time? I would love to, but that's not the plan right now. I think right now I am actually thinking that it's. It, I mean, my right now I'm, I feel that the the best decision really is to ex, well to serve everyone to be all inclusive. Uh, that's very much what we stand for and what we represent now. Um, you know, I think there may be other concepts in future, whether done by us or just other people, that will be fully serving the vegan community and you know and eventually they there'll be a lot more and and all these will have a higher um rate of success uh right now it's still challenging to 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 open an all vegan all vegetarian place uh not to say that it's it's not going to work but um i think in terms of getting making some change in this world uh it's good to do something where you are, have a market who are eating, or, well, you have clientele who are eating meat, seafood and all that, um, and are able to be encouraged to, to try out the plant-based options and consider um, a plant-based lifestyle or, or you know, or, or a flexitarian lifestyle. I actually think now um, it's probably better to, you probably have more um, impact by uh, encouraging people to be flexitarian and, of course, to be plant-based if they can, um, than to say go vegan or whatever it is that people say, right? Um, go home. Uh, so, and and being flexitarian is a lot easier for people because it's 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 a lot easier. And in fact, a lot of people are already doing it. And I I do believe in the what when people say. You know, if you convert uh, uh, a small percentage of uh, the population to vegan, the impact is a lot less than a huge percentage of the population uh, towards flexitarianism. What do you think the future of the Privé Group is going to look like? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I don't plan so far ahead. Uh, we are looking at opening, um, um, well, like growing more outlets every year. Uh, I'm sure at some point we'll think about going overseas. Um, but otherwise, uh, in terms of, I don't know, business plans, I mean, we don't look so far ahead. But I do have dreams about, of course, um, having more plant-based options, being uh, a lot more environmentally conscious. Uh, and I think we would do that in line with the market. I mean, we'd like probably, we'd like to, uh, I think we'd like to carve out the path like we've done so so always pushing the boundaries. I mean, I don't want to, us to be in a position where we are complacent 
and just sit back and relax and let everyone else uh, uh, serve the plant-based dishes. Uh, I think I think we will continue to innovate uh, and and to grow with the market and respond to the demand. Right now, we're quite comfortable with the balance that we have. I think probably easily fifty percent of the menu is 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 plant-based or plant-based friendly, right? Uh, and but we do want to make sure we don't alienate everyone else. I mean, now now that you know if we are plant based, sometimes it's easy to forget where we've come from. Uh, at least I speak for myself and for quite a lot of people who are who are sort of newly vegans. Um, and uh, you forget that actually people are very entrenched in their ways, and it's good to be able to still have them as a captive audience and then um, work on exposing them to other options, more compassionate ways of eating. What got you to, sp- to switch to a plant-based diet? Ultimately, it's about knowing what's really happening in the um, food industry, in the farming, animal, agriculture industry, uh, opening my eyes to them. Uh, and But it did take me a while, like I mentioned, uh, I would say the trigger came when my wife on her own um, decided to start phasing out meat. And so at home, I was quite encouraging of it because I I, I, I appreciated what, um, her approach and her views and I actually identified with them. It's just that I haven't made any changes. Um, but we started having um, meatless Mondays and we started eating more fish only at home. Um, and then... The, the number of days we decided just to eat vegetables became more and more. Uh, but I still was very much attached to my um, animal eating lifestyle. So I didn't really change. Um, I think ultimately I was very identified with this idea that I'm someone who loves food. I went to the F&B industry for, for the love of food. And I used to take pride in saying to everyone uh, that, like, especially when I go to a restaurant and the chefs ask me whether any allergies, any preferences, and I say I eat everything, you know, and I was very proud of that. Uh, but um, I, it became it became sometimes inconvenient um, when um, Tracy, my wife, and I went out eating or when we were on holidays. Uh, and Actually, there were some holidays. Eventually, I actually decided let's let's make it plant based. So I would just eat plant based. I was just trying to open myself to that, and I think I was trying to nudge myself towards um, being vegan. So I remember seeing this book called Eating Animals uh, by Jonathan Safran Foy or something. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrongly. Uh, Eating Animals, but uh, it it was sitting on her bedside table, and this was a book that I used to read quite a number of years back. You know, and uh, I decided, okay, why don't I ignore, I mean, sorry, why don't I ignite all the, the past feelings that I used to have when I dis- first discovered um, the truth about the animal agriculture, animal farming industry. And uh, I decided to um, order the audiobook for eating animals, listen to it. And then after that, uh, you know, all the YouTube things, Earthlings, um, bought some of the documentaries, um, Read a, read a lot more of the books that, 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 that are more recent. Uh, and eventually I decided, okay, I'm going to do something. So I gave up uh, mammals first because um, I wanted to do it gradually. So I gave up mammals. Uh, that included dairy. 
then I gave up chickens, uh, which would include eggs. Um, that probably was a bit more difficult because uh, I really loved uh, eating chicken at the time. Um, and then finally, I had seafood. And I opened a seafood restaurant because of my love for seafood. But uh, but anyway, I decided, okay, let's, let's just uh, remove everything and go fully and make this... Uh, major change in my life right and it's, it's turned out to be a milestone um and a very important one um that has set me on a, a new path in life i'm i'm trying to fully turn vegan i i eat the only dairy i eat is cheese and milk okay well i mean it's good that you're thinking of uh trying and i certainly encourage you to do that mm-hmm. you, yeah. you let me know what's the like if anything is blocking you and all that and you know you can always share information yeah, I will. What did you want to be as a child? I don't know. I, I never really thought too much about it. Uh, I suppose it was just like uh, you're, you're influenced by people, right? Um, so it's like police and and then there was like um, singers and all that. And you, you saw uh, pop stars and all that. And you wanted also to be famous. Uh, but otherwise, no, there was nothing that was uh, that came to me very strongly. I would say the strong calling was more in my adulthood, right? When I went to restaurants and I saw what chefs were doing and all that. And, 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 and really, I mean, being a chef, wanting to be a chef was, was quite, that feeling was quite strong in me. Although I didn't eventually become one. What are your hobbies? My hobbies? <laughs> um, photography was one of them. Uh, and I still do a lot of iPhone photography. Uh, I love cooking. Um, and I used to cook a lot more comp- complicated dishes uh they were a lot fussier now i just cook for family and i really enjoy them uh, i just enjoy the simplicity in cooking uh and otherwise it's spending time with my family uh, and being at home i think it's a simple life as i don't have anything that i would term too strong as a hobby but it's more living a life of doing a, a bit of everything i mean i enjoy gardening and it's just nothing that i go over the top with i would say just the little things in life that add up together. Yeah, that's how I want my life to be. Oh, that's really nice. I mean, there are lots of ways to live life. So yeah, do explore, you know, but I do highly encourage um, keeping your life simple, yeah. you know. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Vedant, you're most welcome. Uh, It's been wonderful talking to you. And uh, thank you for the questions. And uh, when you next visit our place, uh, please uh, feel free to ask me more questions. Yeah, I will. This is also really fun. I I learned a lot. Okay, good. I'm glad. Thank you. And I hope my listeners also are encouraged to turn vegan or vegetarian or Half, half vegan, half vegetarian, half meat eating and all of that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's amazing what you've done. And I've shared your link with uh, some friends. of. Thanks. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedan.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedan. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.